I'm Luke Thompson, the Chief Operating Officer of ActionVFX.com, and you're listening to the Euchre Media Podcast. Hello, Euchre Media family. Vladimir Pragnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 75 of the Euchre Media Podcast, where I serve a Euchre Media family with daily interviews from highly creative people. And today's guest is Luke Thompson. Luke is a cinematographer and visual effects artist from Johnson City, Tennessee. He's known for his work as the Chief Operating Officer for ActionVFX, a company that creates the world's largest library of action stock footage for VFX studios in the film and video game industry. And in case you haven't noticed, Action VFX is currently sponsoring our daily podcast for the whole month of May, which I'm super thankful for. And here's something interesting about Action VFX and Luke. So Action VFX is located in Tri-Cities, Tennessee, which is a very special area for me and my family because that's where I moved with my family back in 2000 from Kiev, Ukraine. When I was only 12 years old, it was a very special time in our life. And it was our first stop in the United States. We didn't speak English, and uh, let's just say it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a culture shock. Now, I've never met Luke in person, at least not that I know of, but here's something really cool. Get this. Luke's uncle was my high school principal, and his aunt works at the same church that sponsored our move to the United States back in 2000 when Luke was only three, I think. How cool is that? I didn't know about any of this until I spoke to Luke about a week ago, and he shared about his aunt and uncle. That was just unreal. We truly live in a small world, and it's so cool to have Action VFX as our first big sponsor. Now, I've followed Action VFX for years, and I didn't know they were just down the road from my hometown. You can't make this stuff up. So definitely check out ActionVFX.com. They have over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest red cameras from explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore. Go to ActionVFX.com. Again, go to Action vfx.com and now here's my conversation with luke thompson enjoy luke welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know Uh, something interesting about myself that most people don't know when i was about 10 years old uh, there was a christian music conference that came to our uh, small town and uh, did an event called winter jam oh yeah they they actually yeah they actually invited me to uh, sing, like I said, I was like, I don't know, eight or 10 and sing with a band called new song. And I was basically like, wow, I was, I was the little kid in that Christmas shoes song for their live performance. What? That is so (laughs) cool, man. New song. You know, I, I got to be at the GMAs. What's the, um, in Nashville, the, uh, gospel music awards. And I got to interview New Song on the red carpet. What a small world. So you got to (laughs) hang out with him. I got to hang out with him. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it was really fun, but it was just one of those like super weird things that was like, why is this happening? I don't know. Like there, there's over like 6,000 people there. So yeah. I didn't really know what was Small going crowd, on. Small crowd, right? But, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you weren't nervous at all, right? <laughs> no, none. That's pretty cool. So are you, uh, do you sing? Uh, not, not really. You know, I'll, I'll sing at uh, church and stuff like that. My wife and I used to lead worship, but not, yeah, no. The short answer to that is no. Do you have a recording of that uh, moment with with a new song? So since it was back in like, you know, VHS, pre-VHS <laughs> days, I, was about I, to say. I have been looking for it. So if anyone listening to this I'm has sure somewhere. anything like that, yeah. Early 2000s, Winter Jam, Johnson City, Tennessee at Freedom Hall. So Man, so you so got to sing in Freedom Hall. I've been to Freedom Hall. It's a pretty big <laughs> place too. That's pretty it cool. It is pretty big. Yeah, yeah. It was It was fun, like I said. 
super random. Wow. Well, now we'll have to dig for that video. <laughs> we'll have to find it. Be great content for new song, really. I mean, wow, that's pretty sweet. I mean, how many people do I don't think I know anybody else who got to sing on stage with new song, man. It's pretty sweet. Very special. <laughs> now, Thanks. look, let's transition to your journey. Let's start at the very beginning. How did you get started in cinematography and uh, visual effects? Yeah, so uh, I've always been interested in, you know, making movies and just creating things that were bigger than me. Um, when I was 15, you know, I really tried capitalizing on that and actually started freelancing when I was 15, taking on different, you know, videography projects like weddings, ads, promotional videos for churches, that sort of stuff. And it really just evolved from there to, to wanting to learn more about the craft and just do more complex things within visual effects. I'm curious, how was it, what was it like working or shooting weddings? Was it pretty stressful for you? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those things that I'm not like, it was a really good learning experience, <laughs> I guess I would, I would put it that way. Because, you know, it is like really high stress. You just have to really just roll with the punches as they come because you could have your shot list planned out and it does not go <laughs> does not go how you plan. And then just having to make things in the edit, which is not really ah, preferable. Yeah. But really just overall, the, the freelancing starting at 15, uh, learning how to work with clients, learning how to work on deadlines and, you know, things that never change right. was a really good, really good experience for sure. Now, speaking of experiences, let's talk about your dark experience. Let's uh, tell us the story of your worst moment in your creative journey. Oh, man, this is this is getting dark. man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm Dr. Phil over here. <laughs> Yeah, we need some like music to just like set the <laughs> set the mood. Uh, if I had to say, I would say the absolute worst moment just in my creative journey was really before. In hindsight, it was before my creative journey even started. After finishing up high school, I really felt forced into college. You know, just because, hey, that's what you do. Right. Yeah. I've always had a really strong, you know, personal conviction just against like debt and just how society is constantly pushing like, hey, you need the latest thing and you need whatever's new, which won't be new in 10 minutes. Right. And <laughs> just that whole mindset of feeding into like the excess. I knew that that was really something, one, I didn't want to do for that reason. But two, my fiance and I at the time were really wanting to get married. And so it really just felt like everything kind of hit me at the same time, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. Um, expectations that other people would put on me, expectations that I'd put on myself for who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do with my life. And after kind of navigating through all of that and really just seeking wise guidance and counsel with a few of my really close friends, I finally decided to drop out and go full force into a stable job. I, I say that very loosely. <laughs> uh, so it was a stable job in the healthcare field. And that's mainly just so that I could provide for my new wife while trying to develop my creative skills, you know, kind of like on the side. Um, so that was kind of the medium that I struck there of, you know, wanting to provide up front and be able to provide for my family that way, but also still being able to do what I actually wanted to do. So that was a really, it was a really hard time and it was just like really challenging to navigate. But yeah, God really just helped me through it. 
Man, I can relate to that because I'm the same way. I didn't want to get in debt. And so I'm the same way. I got a job working five years passing trades in a medical center. So in healthcare, kind of uh, <laughs> totally unrelated to, to what I wanted to do. But yeah. there's so many lessons that I learned from that experience. And same thing for Sergey. You know, Sergey, my twin brother, he doesn't have any debt for, for college at all. Now, do you, let's say someone is in a similar situation right now is listening to this podcast and they're considering go to school, not, not go to school. What would you tell that, for that person? Honestly, you know, for the most for the most part, the most generalized advice I would be able to give would be if you are a self-motivated person and you are willing to put in the work, the internet has more than enough resources to teach you with master classes and just different mastermind groups that you can get in. I know the Ucromedia podcast has a pretty awesome yeah. uh, <laughs> Facebook group and I just feel like we're we're at this time in history that, I mean, obviously the information age, but you can really learn anything you want. I have friends who teach technical directing. Uh, Alan McKay is like very well known in the visual effects industry, and uh, he, you know, will do his own courses, his own master classes on his website for training like that. So there's really, you know. Like I said, it really depends what you want to do, but most most of the time in our creative field, there are avenues if you're willing to put in the work. One thing up front, though, I would say is if you are, you know, maybe you're in school right now, maybe you're going through, I really want you to be careful about the mindset and the expectations that you're putting on that degree so that when you get out into the marketplace, yes, that is awesome that you have that to hold up. But you will still have to pair that with the experience and the, you know, practicalities, the applications of that degree. Um, so I think it's really important because, I mean, I've met people in all sides of that. You know, some people will actually just ride out and be like, well, take a deep breath. The work's over now. I have this degree. So, you know, what are you guys going to give me? So I think it's just having a healthy expectation there. No, that's great advice. And before we transition, talking about your best moment, I'm curious to find out how did you transition from working in healthcare to what you do now? Like, what was your next step? Oh, man. So obviously, you know, working, still working in healthcare, it was a very, very stressful job. I'm oh. sure you, you <laughs> I probably <can> understand. <laughs> yep. I was in the emergency communications department, Ooh, so it was like wow. answering calls, calling codes when people are having, you know, whatever type of code and uh, doing that in the day. And then at night, still working on those freelance projects, like I mentioned. So still doing weddings, still doing um, just any learning capacity that I could get my hands on, you know, trying to do that as much as I can. So the real transitioning point is I had picked up a freelance project that kind of would transition to the best moment, I guess, in my creative journey. Perfect um, transition. <laughs> but, but I had uh, went to a local creatives meetup. There was an After Effects user group in our area, which I don't know if you guys are like me, the area that I live in does not do After Effects user groups. <laughs> like it's just not a huge, you know, film VFX industry area at all. So it really like piqued my interest when I heard, hey, there's an After Effects user group meeting up. Like, I'm very curious to know about this. So I went to one of the meetings and it just so happened at the same time that was Rodolphe Pierre-Louis' first time there as well. Um, mm. who, so that's uh, where is, you guys met. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's where we met. And he is, for those of you that don't know, he's uh, the CEO of Action VFX, which is our company now. 
so got connected with that and we really only talked a couple times on and off but he ended up posting something on facebook that was like hey i had a, a videographer drop out for a behind the scenes shoot in chicago illinois is anyone interested wow and so i immediately was like hey sign me up <laughs> Nice. And, uh, you know, very thankful for my management at the medical center that I worked at, as well as my wife for allowing me to go because it was a, a week long just filming trip. And we hit it off really well there. I mean, I could tell that he was just like this really solid leader with a great foundation. And that's the kind of people you want to you want to follow, you know? Mm. No, and he's a young guy, too. And his interview is coming up uh, later this week. But the Young guy, what is he, like 26 years old, already a yeah, yeah, yeah. CEO of, of Action VFX. And how old are you? Uh, so I'm 23. Oh my gosh, both of you guys are young guys and you're yeah. doing amazing things. Action VFX, <laughs> well known in the industry. And my gosh, you guys, like I always say, your country should be very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank Good you. Good job with all the, all the hard work. And speaking of Action VFX, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Action VFX. And we'll be right back with more questions. This episode is brought to you by our friends from ActionVFX.com. They provide the best stock footage elements for professional visual effects from explosions, fire and smoke, muzzle flashes and bullet shells and gun effects to debris and particles. They have your assets covered. Available in 4K, 100% royalty free. They also have over 250 free VFX elements for you to download. Stuff like free fire sound effects, spell hits, bullet shells, blood mist, bullet hole textures, dust waves, water sound effects, explosion sound, and the list goes on and on. If that's not enough, then check out their tutorials and blogs. ActionVFX.com is a great online resource. Save on render time with real elements, no more simulations. Go to ActionVFX.com. Again, go to ActionVFX.com. And now back to the interview. All right, we're back from the break. Luke, I have a, a total of like six questions, maybe more. And the first one is, how do you overcome creative blocks? Oh man, creative blocks. I think the biggest thing for me you know, a lot of people is just like, hey, get away, take a break from what you're doing. But I think the biggest thing for me would be collaboration. And with that goes, you know, hey, maybe I'm working on a shot, I can throw it on frame. After six iterations, I can send it to 10 different people. And, you know, even people that aren't in our office, maybe they're just friends with different specialties. I can just say, hey, what do you, what do you think about this shot? What is working? What isn't working? And that really is what propels me inside of those creative blocks to kind of think, you know, outside of that box. Um, so I don't know if that really makes any sense, but really just getting more people in on whatever I'm working on really helps me have a better understanding of it. No, great answer. Now, if you could give one piece of advice to aspiring cinematographers and visual effects artists, what would that be? Uh, I think it would probably be, and, you know, this really can go outside of cinematographers or visual effects artists, but just putting people around you that push you to be better than who you are. You know, don't don't hang around people that are negative and always complain. <laughs> and I don't know, it, it kind of sounds bad to, to say it, but as far as, and you'll always have those people in your life, you know, maybe, maybe they're family members, maybe they're <laughs> whatever else. But as far as like the inner circle and the people that you allow to speak value into your life, um, you really have to be careful about who holds those positions. Um, so I would say if someone's listening to this podcast and you only remember one thing that we're talking about, 
it would be remember to sound, surround yourself more with people that make moves over those that talk about it. Oh, and lovely. so that ultimately comes down to you know, I have people that you know talk about all these. Oh man, I've got all these big inventions and these big dreams, and and there's really nothing wrong with that at all. But really, you have to pair that with the execution. That's awesome. What's your game plan for getting there? So I. Re- would really just say surrounding yourself with the people that that make moves. No, I like I love I love that. Be a doer, right? That's biblical, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Now, how do you balance work and personal life? As with anybody else, I think that this one's really challenging for me. Me too. Um, <laughs> one thing one thing that my wife and I have really been discussing a lot lately is just the need for me to be home when I'm home. Mm, that's a tough one. And that does, it, yeah, yeah, it's really hard. And, you know, for us, that doesn't mean that I can't still answer work emails or tinker on side projects. But that really means that when it's time for me to pay attention to her, it really, really needs to be my full attention. So, you know, company things aside, that's just the way my mind works. Like it's always running 24 seven dreaming and setting different goals and seeing a new piece of technology and being like, Oh man, I wonder how I could implement (laughs) this next week. So I really just had to force myself, you know, in this season of life to allow times to pause and just rest my mind, uh, which is really hard for me to do. But, you know, now that I've kind of been working through that, it's really helped a lot. It's really helped, you know, that home work balance, even just like, my quality of work at work and my quality of husband at home has drastically increased just by allowing that. No, I feel like the, the struggle is real in that area. And it's something that I'm always working on. There's always room for improvement in that, in that area. You know, <laughs> unplugging is tough, especially when you run a business and uh, have a lot of things yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough one. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's a question that most people struggle with when I ask them on a, on the podcast because especially with twenty first century <laughs> and the career that we're in, the field that we're in, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So the struggle is real, my friend. The struggle is real. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know everything is just going to be blasting one hundred percent all the time. So it's just up to us to take that and just say, hey, I know this is still going to be coming in, but how do we navigate it? What are we going to do to? put steps in place to work against it. Yeah, it seems like everything competes for our attention as well. And so oh, it does. It really I feel like does. this generation yeah. is dealing with things that previous generations wouldn't, they don't even, they probably wouldn't even know how to deal with what we deal with. I mean, we have so yeah. many different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember I was in line at the post office as this woman was uh, talking about how it's like everything is so much harder now than it was before. Before I just, you know, took a stamp. <laughs> now I have to order this. And I remember thinking, it's like, wow, you know, our generation, we're just like a multitasking generation, which is great in, in yeah. one way, but then it kind of uh, ruined our focus and attention. I feel like in this world, if you can just maintain your focus and your attention, you'll succeed. But that's like the number yeah, one yeah, thing yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's hard <laughs> to maintain. <laughs> now, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? All right. So so this one's a fun one. And I usually get a lot of, uh, I don't know, I guess just questions that go off this. But... I would really like to be a professional jazz drummer on a late night talk show. Whoa, okay. Not everybody, not, I don't <laughs> think I've met anyone who, who said anything similar to that. Now, how, it, wh- it's where did this specific. come from? Uh, basically, I don't know. Like, I just always feel like that atmosphere of just 
hey, we're all hanging out. We're playing music. This is cool. <laughs> and then getting to obviously meet new people that come on the show and stuff. I don't know. I just always thought that'd be pretty dope. Yeah. Well, how many instruments do you play, by the way? So I only only claim to play one, and that's drums. I kind of play around with some other stuff, but not nearly enough to where I would say, hey, I can play that. <laughs> gotcha. Now, Luke, share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Uh, let me see. I think the biggest one would have to be, you know, just practicing time management. And it, it sounds so basic. And, oh, yeah, we all know that one. Um, but when it comes to, you know, working on creative projects, you know, being in my position, I feel like it's 50% creative, 50% business, which is my favorite combination. But whenever I am working on creative projects, it's so, so easy to just be working on a VFX shot or whatever else and not even look up at the time and be like, man, how long have I spent just masking this thing in the background that nobody you know it's like are there quicker ways to do this is anybody going to notice probably but i think it's just important to just keep an eye on that and that's something i've really had to learn you know when that business side comes back in because everything has to be punctual everything has to be on time um so that's been i guess just a real struggle between those two but practically and you know personally for me Waking up early before the craziness of the day hits, like you were saying, it's just <laughs> full force, like never <laughs> stops. But yeah. for me, you know, reading my Bible has really had a huge impact on how I view the day and just taking a breath in the morning and helping me to get my priorities straight before the day hits. That's like the real key for me is if I start answering emails and everything else, just it just like... <laughs> slides like a, in and I'm like oh no 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 I'm on Instagram and now I'm late for work what's, what's going yeah. on you're in you're dragged so, in yeah. and then, then yeah. it's a struggle to get out of it. I, t- I yeah. can relate to that man you check one email then that leads to another email I know. another conversation <laughs> before you know it you're like where did the day go man <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, that's what, do you use any kind of uh, I guess task managing or uh, any kind of apps or this kind of like segues into the next question, you know, internet resource, recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your work and personal life. But for uh, managing your time and stuff, what do you use? Do you use any kind of apps, calendar, or are you yeah. more old school, just write things down kind of, kind of guy? Yeah. So I, I cannot write things down because <laughs> it'll get lost and will never happen. Um, I use uh, Google calendars a ton. You know, I've got like five different calendars synced to mine. So I know hey, is this date actually booked? Whether it's work stuff, do we have people out that day? Um, so, so that's just a really like baseline thing. But another one that we use a lot is Asana. And it's just I like love Asana. Basic, I use it every day. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so good. Like, And it's free too, for the most part. Like it, unless yeah, you have yeah, like 15 yeah. plus people or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is, it is great. Like even just breaking things up into, they have it set as like today- later and upcoming or something like that and being able to tag things as like hey this is highly important this is also highly urgent and kind of put like a timeline together of what things can i be working on now what are the most important things that i need to be working on and really just having that on a big scale has i mean it has drastically increased my productivity do you guys use asana for at uh, action vfx or do you mainly use it just for your personal mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. So we use it company wide. Um, nice. We've really adopted, like we moved up to the paid version, I think at the beginning of this year. So like January ish. But it has, yeah, it's been great just being able, you know, being a small team, we only have about 10 people right now. But being able to assign different tasks to people and follow up on those is so integral to maintaining that things operate smoothly um, because we are all outputting at very high, oh, yeah, um, you, you know, very high performance. So it's very, very important for us to all be on the same page. And that's something that, you know, we can always do better with. I still can't believe that you know, see 10 people working and uh, you guys are you're 23 and 26 such a young company and you guys are doing so many great things. Now let's talk about action VFX. So you guys doing all these like creative things, you know, blowing things up. Like how do you guys even prepare for something like that? Do you guys go off somewhere like away in the country to do all these things? Like how do you guys plan? And I don't even know where to start. Like where do you, where do you guys start? If let's say if there's a creative project coming in, you guys are trying to create some elements, where do you guys even start? Yeah. Yeah. So we um, really, you know, we pride ourselves with staying in touch with the visual effects community. So we are constantly surveying artists and VFX supervisors and, you know, anyone involved in that pipeline to see, Hey, what can we do better this time around? You know, if we say, Hey, we've got an explosion shoot coming up. What kind of explosions do you guys want to see? Like, what are there not enough of? And so that really establishes that baseline for what we're going to set out to create. But then it kind of just goes into a production cycle of, you know, all right, let's plan out, see what we've got, how many shots we're wanting based off of, you know, our surveys and stuff like that. So we know that when we're building something, it's not just, hey, we think this will sell well or, hey, this would be cool to have. It's what do our artists want and what do they actually find useful? So that's been a huge key factor, I would say, of our company's success. But also, um, yeah, then it just moves to trying to secure locations, depending on the effect. Oftentimes, if it's big explosions, we'll have like a farm location. Uh, so I've got a friend that has that. We'll usually just pay him to set out there for a couple of weeks and blow stuff up. He brings <laughs> his family. It's a good time. <laughs> No, that's pretty cool. I saw, I was looking at your, your trailer and uh, I mean, it's not just like explosions. You guys have like dust explosions going up. How hard was, was making that like the dust explosion? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, the different types, you know, and we obviously have a lot more that we're wanting to do still, but the dust explosions and dirt blasts were two things that were really different from like our previous gas explosions. Like when you hear gas explosions, you can think like transformers, big fireballs, like that kind of stuff. But we were kind of shifting gears because we wanted uh, to offer more for, if you think of like World War One, World War II movies, they're very like dust impact heavy. So making them, you know, I mean, obviously it's just about getting the, the mixtures right and stuff, but shooting, <laughs> shooting those was very challenging because we actually shot it on a, uh, we used the blue sky as the background just because, logistically we couldn't get like an 80 foot green screen out inside of this field that wasn't a giant kite hmm, um interesting. so keying and removing bugs and a lot of that stuff it was a very time consuming process <laughs> yeah um wow. and i would have to have to give uh roe and zach van hoy a huge props for for cleaning up that collection because <laughs> wow. i mean i'm talking like 
thousands of bugs and stuff. That's just like, and birds, birds that would just fly through the perfectly good effect. Um, yeah, people will never see that stuff, but it's, it's a lot of work. How expensive is it to set something like that up? I mean, I, I don't, you don't have to throw digits, but is it pretty expensive to, to have a shoot like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, I mean, camera rentals and stuff like that can really, really jump up there quickly. But hiring the right pyrotechnicians for a specific effect and also getting permits and things like that, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. But when it comes down to, you know, the actual shots themselves for like gas explosions or dust explosions, it can be anywhere from, you know, $100 to $300 per depending on, you know, some different factors. But that really starts to add up when you're like, okay, we're going to do 50 of those today. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, that's up but, quickly. And you'll have some that, you know, misfire or, hey, you get it right, but camera, you know, technical specs are off and you have to do something else. Or it's a lot of troubleshooting. But as with any production, you know, you just kind of take the punches and work through it. Man, that sounds stressful. I don't know. <laughs> it, so much it has is. to go right on that day. It is. Yeah. And I don't know, a lot of people, especially like locally, they'll just be like, man, I bet your job is just like, you guys just <laughs> play with flamethrowers every day and just play around. You don't do any work. <laughs> man. Well, okay. Wow. <laughs> people get hurt doing what you do. Yeah. <laughs> You can send somebody to the hospital where you worked at <laughs> if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's okay. I know this guy. Yeah. Now, what's coming up for Action VFX? Anything cool you guys are working on? Yeah. So we have. Um, I mean, honestly, we've got we've got so much stuff in the pipeline. We actually just planned out our releases and shoots from now until 2020. Wow. Um, so we have within that, you know, starting in June, we're really going to start releasing a lot of different stuff and like i said it's all stuff that you know the community itself has voted and pushed for so it's really cool to to keep our company centered around that because we know what the response is going to be before it's even out because it's stuff that people want so yeah really expanding a lot uh, we've got some blood shoots coming up some more blood shoots coming up um <laughs> you know adding to our gore and blood pools a lot of lot of bloody stuff coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're also going to be adding a lot into our um, gun effects category. Um, so different style muzzle flashes, gun smoke from different types of guns. Really, there's there's a lot. And at the beginning of next year, we're going to have some some next level stuff. But that's all I can say. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, listen. Last question: How can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So. You can get in touch with, you know, all the usual action VFX methods, whether it's like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our website. But also you can find me on Instagram at Luke Thompson Film and uh, love to get in touch with you guys. Sounds good. Well, Luke, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, man. I appreciate it. No, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. It's been awesome. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Luke Thompson. Make sure to follow Luke on Instagram at Luke Thompson Film. Again, it's at Luke Thompson Film. And as always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at ukramedia.com slash 75. And make sure to check out actionvfx.com. Remember, they have your assets covered. Over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest red cameras. From explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and 
Gore, go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And lastly, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukremedia.com community. We have well over 3,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on our journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukremedia Media Podcast. Bye-bye.